Hi, hi, uh, hi, Beth. Thank you for for being for like uh, having this conversation with me. Certainly. I want to start uh, asking your authorization to record this conversation. Certainly. All right. Thank you. Certainly. So, tell me your participation in this project in the Middlebury Better Blog. Um. So I help. I'm a the CEO and director of an organization called the Big Love Network, and mm -hmm. we have a um, program called. Akron City Repair Project. Have you heard of the City Repair Project in Portland that started out of Portland, Oregon? No. So it's one of the oldest uh, creative placemaking efforts in the country, um, and it's extremely process-oriented. Um, they make a little more kind of semi-permanent designs and things uh, based off of a neighbor-led design to create public space. Mm -hmm. um, so the Middlebury Better Block lined up at the same time, at the same summer as we kicked off this program here in Akron. Um, middle, we, we knew that Middlebury was going to be one of the neighborhoods that we were involved with. Um, I helped to start the community garden over here a few years before that mm -hmm. um, and have a lot of deep involvement with the, the womb, the way of mind and body, which is a, a multicultural center that's pretty much run by African Americans. Um, right here uh, where you see that like middle stall is right here. Okay. Um, so there, that's actually the, the organization that convinced me to move to Akron to do community organizing work. Um, but since then ended up finding out, figuring out that building a sister organization was a better way to be an ally than to be directly in the organization. Um, but so uh, we knew that Middlebury was gonna be one of our sites because the womb really wanted us there and there was just so much vacant spots and stuff going on and we already had a connection and relationship with the neighbors that kind of live in this area. So um, I helped to put together the community garden demo mm -hmm. um, and got a bunch of feedback around uh, what kind of things people would like to see, um, not just in a community garden but also in like a more of like a food forest type setting. Um, and then uh, we, there was a um, tire mound made for kids right over here mm -hmm. that we were also in charge of doing. Um, and then they hired, and then Marissa in Neighborhood Networks hired two of our leaders to help her organize the entire event. So our organization pretty much had its hands in the bulk of this better block. Um, okay. We've been involved in some way in pretty much every better block um, but this one was where we really had more heavy focus because of our city re <laughs> repair site being there wanting to make sure that we got good feedback but also really wanting to make sure that something happened beyond just these two days of activities um, mm -hmm. uh, so so yeah so we really, we really so you were promoting the event you were one of the promoters. Were you part in the? Were you were you involved in the phase where they were developing the design, like the back and forth? Uh, no, I, th I you know, um, there was a little bit of a survey that went around, but the survey that went around went to just people that were part of like the neighborhood network meetings, okay. which um, they realized like 15 out of the 80 something surveys were actually from people in the neighborhood. Hmm, okay. Um, we were, I was much further involved in the, the later aftermath of the, the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then <clears throat> I want to ask you a couple of questions then about 
focusing um, for the one of the ideas of, do, of doing the better blog is to build more vibrant communities, more inclusive communities, and that includes having successful businesses around mm-hmm. or housing or so for the business owners, for the employees, for the customers, mm-hmm. for all of them. What is necessary for this business to be successful? What are requirements in the built environment or in the design for this business to be successful? Maybe like the, the, the in terms of the place, accessibility, the surroundings, uh, any aspect that you think. What would make uh, this um, business successful? Well, I think the space that I always kind of operate out of is um, that there should be input from the neighborhood around what businesses go into the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you can set up any business and if the neighborhood has no interest in what you're doing they're not going to shop there they're not going to have any interest in it um, I think uh, making sure that the business is um, you know ADA accessible and walkable in general is helpful and then I think there's also a sense of um, especially in this neighborhood this neighborhood is kind of the concrete death of the world <laughs> everything is just concrete there's not a lot of trees um, especially like off of the sidewalks and things like that so if you're walking around you're just especially in the the, the dead heat of summer it's just hot you know um, and uh, there is something, um, my, the term is escaping my mind right now and I apologize, bio, um, biophilia that happens when you actually do have some trees along your, your streetscape, um, that makes people feel invested in, in a way mm-hmm. that folks in this neighborhood do not have that feeling and sense around. Um, So I think there's a lot of things that have to happen to the streetscape. Also making sure that buildings are um, built up to the sidewalk instead of being recessed back with parking lot. And that if they're recessed back, there's like community space in front of it instead of just more concrete, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that those things are really key and essential, um, and especially the putting in businesses that people in the neighborhood actually want, um, instead of just whatever people with money decide that they want that don't live in the neighborhood. Um, For this particular neighborhood, what businesses do they want? Uh, they would like um, some sit-down restaurants. They would like some businesses that are locally owned and kind of have um, an economic uplift component to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people in this neighborhood work like two to three part-time jobs okay. just to barely keep the bills together. Um, and a lot of them are renters, right? And not because necessarily choose to be renters, but that's just kind of where their life situation is at. Um, and uh, so I think some sort of like economic security in that. And with that, like I think that there's there's a way to build it through like a tactical urbanism lens um, to kind of grow people to the point where they're able to do brick and mortar. Okay. How these this this prototype, this better block prototype that you guys did, address those issues in terms to for those two days to have like pop-up shop successful or those businesses successful or the public space is successful you mentioned things that 
that this, this neighborhood lacks. Mm -hmm. How did this design address those during those days? Well, I think that it gave people some hope that they could see something in what's just been vacant space for a long time. Um, uh, <laughs> I honestly have some criticisms of Better Block <laughs> and their process. Um, uh, because it's one day, it's very expensive. It's a lot of resources for a poor neighborhood that doesn't necessarily get reinvested back into the neighborhood um, that people in this neighborhood had a lot of problems with. Um, and that's why they like kept saying, what's going to happen after this? What's going to happen after this? What's going to happen after this? And that's why we created the What's Next Committee afterwards. Um, you know, and... I don't. I don't think that Better Block gives enough community organizing skills and support to the teams that take it on. Mm -hmm. um, like I had to walk Marissa through how you do canvassing and door knocking, and talk to people that live right in the neighborhood, and talk to the businesses that are right here. Because when she had signed on and already paid for Better Block to come and do this process, she hadn't even talked to the businesses right here. And the room has been a nonprofit community organizing space um, in the city for seven years. So um, to have this like brand new spanking thing that's just going to be dropped in their footprint without any communication happening around it is... Um, Ended up being okay because she went and spoke to them, <laughs> but I can imagine would be really harsh um, if that hadn't happened. Okay. Um, now, without uh, not in the process of better block, mm -hmm. but actually talking about the design that was built, mm -hmm. um, did the community participate in the design mm -hmm. with feedback? With uh, no. not at all. Who built the design? Um, I, I think that it was based off of the survey that was done in the neighborhood network meetings where there was only a, a small handful of people from the neighborhood that actually gave input into that. Um, and then so you got some, some input from the community. It was like somewhere between 10 to 15 people. Okay. Um, out, out of like a survey, I think there was like 86 people that took the survey. Um, which, um, with, you know, somebody that is unfamiliar with door knocking and being able to get input from folks, um, is okay, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, but the, those survey questions were about what people wanted to see in the neighborhood. They were not about the design for this event. So the design for this event pretty much just whoever could kind of stand up and say, we can help you do something with it, um, kind of ended up creating and doing something with it. So there wasn't like, a, oh, here we're going to create a soccer field, or here's going to be a stage, here are going to be some bike lanes, these pop-up businesses, that wasn't, that didn't come in a design. It happened on pretty much close to when the day to say, hey, who wants to do what? I mean, it might have been pre-designed and like, you know, Marissa and a small team of people came up with the design, but there was not like a community consensus of, what they you want. know, you, yeah. Okay. Now with the design um, that didn't came really from the community, that came, as you said, from a little group, like a smaller group, mm -hmm. maybe the leaders, mm -hmm. um, this design, what aspect of this design addressed the things that you mentioned in the previous question? 
Um, well, with the... Um, and, what, and what things didn't address? What things you said, you, you think like, yeah, this didn't really help to like create more vibrant communities so for these? So the things that, uh, that addressed some communities' concern was kind of the biophilic stuff that we did over here with the garden, but that was also after years of door knocking and talking to people. Okay. Um, from just having worked out of this space for a long time and kind of understanding the needs around that. Um, and then uh, there was like some kids' activities that was definitely a direct result of things that have been like a reoccurring ask from the community because the closest playground is after, is like three or four, like four lane roads away, right? So like kids that live right here can't access a playground. So that was, I think, like indirect result um, okay. to some community asks. And then um, the vendors were, uh, the vendors were a very like last minute thing that got thrown in. Okay. Um, and I know, you know, and Marissa really was did the best that she possibly could with the limited resources that she had and the limited training training that she had going into it. She absolutely did the absolute best that she could. Um, but you know, it was it was difficult because um, you know it's not like people had direct vendors that they might have necessarily been asking for. It was just kind of like whatever vendors they could kind of grab and snatch up at the time. Um, and then the stage was not uh, out of a direct result or anything. Did it address it or did it not address it? Not really, yeah. It didn't add anything to, to this really. particular neighborhood? Because there could be in other neighborhoods that, you know, they're more cultural diverse that my address. I think that there are people that want to see a stage, um, but that there's just, like, not really great data around that. Okay. Um, I mean, like, in my, I would say in, like, my organizer gut of just doing door knocking in this neighborhood for seven years, like, I would say that there probably are some folks that would like to see a stage, but I don't have any data around that, right? And that's not one of the, the top five five things that float up when we talk to people, right? There's like mm -hmm. other issues that people are really concerned about and needing. What, um, from the issues that you said that people are concerned, what things these didn't address? Um, I feel like I need to pull out my data from... Um, <laughs> Just from your perception. Uh, you know, I feel like they're... You said that the neighborhood, there are other things that they they want more, or that they feel just they stage. need, yeah, than I mean, just a stage or these. What things? Yeah, but some of those want things it? like wouldn't have been able to be done in a better block, and that's where I'm like. For example, a, a laundromat. Okay. Can't be done during like in a better block setting. That's not really a pop-up thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people. Uh, the whole kind of like sit down restaurant thing was like slightly addressed, but it was still very here's like some food like the food trucks like this is not totally how the design looked like the mm -hmm. food trucks were like along the street um, the activity field was just like a couple of different activities it wasn't like a full-on like soccer field type thing um, and so there wasn't like necessarily like a there, there was a, like a little bit of caffeine, cafe sitting here that I think people enjoyed. 
quite a bit um, mm -hmm. because everything, all the food around here is like fast food. So there's no real like sit down, mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. talk to each other kind of thing. This is the closest to that. And a lot of people can't spend $3 on a cup of coffee in the neighborhood. So, How um, old is this, has this place been here? Was this before? Two years after. So this was after the... It was oh. directly after, yeah. Okay. It was pretty directly after. Um, and then I think one of the main things that the neighbors really asked for and that this directly addressed was um, crosswalks. The city created permanent crosswalks here as a part of the better block process. And okay. I think that that was a huge win because the neighbors here just have a really hard time with all of these four-lane roads that go through mm -hmm. their neighborhood. So Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so... Okay, so now now we're, we're getting to the part that you were talking, and I want to hear your opinion. You guys, this was done. The community came out, enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Then he said, "Okay, time to close the the better block and let's take clean everything up, whatever." Mm -hmm. uh, did did the community provide or the participants here provided any feedback to to the better block and because they designed it, but also to the leaderships? like Maritza, to all the leaders, was there any feedback that happened? And how um, did the feedback came? And what's your assessment of that feedback? Uh, so, um, there was not a direct feedback, or not that I saw anyways, there mm -hmm. might have been, um, and I just missed it somehow, but from my memory, um, there wasn't a direct feedback around the better block process, mm -hmm. but um, I had, um, alongside um, uh, two leaders at the womb. It started off with one leader at the womb and then she um, she ended up moving so there was a different leader that picked up where she left off. Um, we had, there was like a what's next committee that came out of the Better Block process. So a lot of the different people that worked on Better Block as well as Robert Wood Johnson Foundation had um, provided this area with a um, invest health grant to take some of the the hospital and someone from the mayor's office and um Kyle for me and to see and Marissa um and someone from the health department and a and a local developer through an invest health process so like to, to teach them what it means to create um to have a health equity focus when you do um development work right mm -hmm. um And while that was going, and that's kind of my organizing background is I'm a health equity community organizer is like mm -hmm. where the training that I've, I've kind of come out of, um, as well as doing permaculture design. So like I have this like design lens with a health equity kind of background and how I think about things just in general. Um, So, so the What's Next Committee got created, and um, myself, as well as those two leaders from the womb, um, took everybody through a training process about how to get input from the neighborhood in order to create a neighbor-led neighborhood design. Okay. Um, because we, well, I kept going to these What's Next meetings, and there would be two people sitting at the table that were from the neighborhood and they were both white men of 
middle class to upper class means. And that is not the demographic of this neighborhood. <laughs> um, this neighborhood's very ethnically mixed, um, but it's got a, a larger percentage of African Americans than other neighborhoods. Um, and it is, um, you know, definitely on that like middle class to lower class, like economic. Side, you know, I mean, which you can probably take away from the two to three jobs that a lot of people work. Um, and uh, you know, it, it took some reinforcement from Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the training and things that they were going through um, mm -hmm. during that process and hearing things that I was saying and things that um, the two leaders from the womb were saying being repeated by a funder. Um, but eventually we convinced them to go through this process and to decide to actually include the neighborhood in the, in the, the what's next coming. Well, yeah. And in the, a thought around like the actual design of the neighborhood and what that actually means and what that looks like. Um, that's a big part of what we do with city repair because it's city repair teaches us all about participatory design yeah. and we really step through that. Are you coming up with a design uh, or a design is made? or you're still in the building Well, we process. just, in December, put all of the data together. Okay. Um, and there is a there is a plan. I can forward it to you. Can you send it to yeah. me, please? So, um, and, uh, and, um, the womb really just helped with the training aspect of it because they have a lot of other things that they're working on and focusing on citywide that they couldn't just kind of like hold Middlebury's hand through this process. Um, but I was kind of there and on top of people on a regular basis. Um, and uh, um, we put the data together and then Kyle is putting that into a whole like urban design plan. So we got all the data together, and now it's like getting actually put into a design plan. Okay. Um, so the design well plan is not there yet. It's not there quite yet. Yeah, okay. it's not there quite no, yet. I'd love to see when it's when it's ready. It's, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, I do know that there was, and then we also got some feedback around and some data around. So a, a neighborhood survey that went out that. Um, because we have canvassers, we got the bulk of the surveys um, that kind of went out. Uh, and then um, there was some input that was given through certain neighborhood events and stuff like that, <laughs> that were kind of more focused and specialized in, you know, what, is you, what do you want your green space to look like? What do you want your housing market to look like? What do you want, you know what I mean? Whereas like the, the survey was kind of a general yeah, just, yeah I understand because yeah. Yeah, so you can only one of the, ask people about eight questions before they're pissed at you yeah, yeah, <laughs> in like can. a door knocking situation I mean I'm at five so that's good, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> and you're not knocking on my door and trying to talk to me like just randomly we're sitting down you know it's a little bit different yeah it's a little bit different <laughs> so one of the things that I if I understand this correctly before making the final design when you guys went through this prototype, mm -hmm. one of the things you all realized, or one way or another, you realized that the, the community didn't provide full feedback mm -hmm. for this. And maybe in the afterwards, the community said, well, you know, we saw all of these things, but you know, they didn't help, or they, we, we don't want these, we might want these other things. And 
you said that like yeah. one of the things is like you actually for the other design you're collecting like more 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 community Input. Yeah, Input. and I think that that is really key and essential to not gentrifying a neighborhood. Correct. Um, is making sure that the neighborhood that's already there um, gets asked to be involved, continually gets asked to be involved, sees the results of their involvement, mm -hmm. feels like their their input is valued, yeah. um, and as well as then defending those decisions to developers and yeah. the city and that kind of stuff. Do you think that after the prototype that happened there, it helped to the community in the sense of engagement at least? And even not before, as it would have been ideal, but well, probably after that? The, I, helped, I think it helped the neighborhood in the aspect that the neighborhood hadn't really had any sort of... Like, there, there's not like a lot of community events that are like big broad scale out in the open, you know, just stop your car and get out and have fun, kid oriented type of stuff that happens. So I, I think it really provided a good avenue for that. And then I think aside from that, um, it created a team of people that could be sensitive to the neighborhood's needs. Okay. Uh they had to go through some training, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so, you have a critic voice about the, the about some of the process that happened here. Mm -hmm. It's not the first critic voice that I found, actually. <laughs> uh, it's the minority from the people that I've interviewed, but it makes sense because I've interviewed the people who funded these, the designers, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm very interested when I hear somebody saying like, well, you know, I, don't, I didn't like these or I didn't agree with these or like you said, like there wasn't a lot of training or the feedback, you know, I, I really yeah. like that because it's, it's true data that I'm getting. Right. So one of the things I want to ask you is um, your criticism, okay, let's think about this as the methodology of doing a prototype, uh -huh. getting out there. Do you think this methodology is useful? Would you use it again? If it, would your critic comes from the fact that this methodology doesn't really, is, you don't think really gets the community, or it wasn't done properly, that I think didn't it wasn't gather done the properly. community? Okay. Um, I, I think that as far, and I think that there's like some, I feel like there's a few missing pieces. Okay. Um, so on the front end, um, I think there needs to be some community organizing skills taught to whatever team decides to take on a giant pop-up event. Mm -hmm. Especially if that team is not organically from the neighborhood, which in this case was the case, right? Mm -hmm. Marissa lives out in Walhaven. She's never lived in the neighborhood, right? And there, and she had to like makeshift a team around her real quick because it was just her starting, you know, which is a lot of pressure for one person to do a huge event like this and not have, you know, not have organizing experience and background um, and, and know how to canvas and know how to 
talk to people and, and the science of turnout and those kinds of things, right? So there's some so there's some front end things like that. Um, that if there was some more training around, she could have taken a couple of different drawings of this and gone and knocked on some doors and gotten some feedback of which prototype would you rather see, right? Which then in, increases people's sense of ownership around it. And that's to me like ultimately the goal is that people feel reinvested in their neighborhood, yeah. right? Um, and then the actual event itself, I feel like the actual event itself went really well. I think it gave people a lot of hope that there doesn't just have to be these vacant BS and that there can actually be neighborhood events. Um, and, and that was really positive and really awesome. I think also because she had to like slam together a team, it gave an opportunity for a team to kind of like start to figure out, okay, well, are we a team? How do we figure it out? Right? Um, but then, you know, and then we created this committee to talk about larger development issues in the neighborhood and try and actually, and my goal throughout that was to get it to be participatory, to get it to be as as much neighborhood influence as possible. But I feel like in that too, some semi-permanent things need to happen. So people need to see some, you know, a, uh, some, some like, some things that are there for like a summer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, like, so that actual tactical urbanism needs to keep happening. Needs to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you kind know, and I, I have hopes that it's going to do that. My worry is that um, that the funding's not totally there for that to happen. And my other worry is that there is that it won't be done with the neighborhood voice and neighborhoods, the neighborhood actually building and making it. I mean, our city repair site is because that's what we do. But um, but that's just like one tiny little thing. It's not yeah, on it's a not big vacant lot. It's not, you know what I mean? We just don't have the funding and the capacity to do that. Um, and I, I wor- And I worry that because it's so many years out from when this happened, that people are going to be like, well, those people were full of shit. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, these people are not full of shit. It's just that, we're, you know, people had to get trained and figure out and da 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 and get to a certain point yeah. that we're, I feel like we're And the idea of having a prototype there maybe maybe didn't address everything that, they could, that this particular neighborhood wanted, but it, mm-hmm. although having an, an event there, people coming out, looking at it, as you said, brings hope. Yes. And when you get hope, you have people moving, people acting, yes. people willing to do things. When you have a community with no hope, you have people not moving. There's no motivation, there's no action. Correct. So losing that hope, losing that momentum, as well, you said, and, could, and be bad, also, could be bad. And, you know, I think that some of the what's not taken into consideration mm-hmm. is the years and years of work that organizations have done in this neighborhood before Better Block ever decided that Akron was a site that they wanted to do things at. Um, so, like I said, the room's been so in this maybe, neighborhood maybe for seven years. It would have been better we to We started include, a community garden. It would have um, been good to involve all the other community, all the other, um, organizations that have been more rooted 
yeah. in the neighborhood to bring them together. And they were together. eventually, but their full involvement wasn't totally brought in until after the fact. Okay. Now, um, due to time, let's move to the What's Next Committee. Okay. Um, that committee was put together as a way to try to make things permanent mm -hmm. because a prototype the idea is that it's temporary. Right. So well, what and people were very concerned about like you're gonna spend all this money for one day. Yeah. Something so needs what, to come out of it. Like, which is good. Which yeah. is good having <laughs> yeah. people pushing for that. Yeah. Because if you don't if people don't push, sadly or the government or city they you know they, they don't feel this pressure exactly very it's easy or, to just look over things correct yeah. so mm -hmm. so probably that was a good thing that people kept pushing it what's next certainly, so certainly. what's the what, what outcomes have come from this you have the comedy the comedy doing something you said that you yeah. guys are putting together a whole neighborhood plan like a yeah so the whole plan. neighborhood so that was um the neighbor-led um, data around what people would like to see around development in their neighborhood, like how they would like their housing market to look like, what they would like green spaces to look like, what kind of shops and businesses they would like to see, um, how they would like, you know, the how they would like their neighborhood to feel, so like issues of safety and things like that, um, and uh, yeah, a number of different things like that. I can send you, uh, well, like I said, I'm going to send you the, the, the data that we collected and kind of like what people said. Um, so that was the biggest thing that kind of came out of it. We also have done some, um, the downtown museum has an inside out project, so they'll put um, prints of things that are inside of the museum out in neighborhoods. So they like kind of focus on a handful of neighborhoods at a time. So kind of last summer we had, they were here in Middlebury. And so that was like kind of a cool, interesting thing for neighbors. Um, our city repair site is kind of like right over here in the corner. And um, uh, ENDC got, um, has been able to purchase this lot and are going to develop a three-story mixed-use building that's going to have the ability for shops for um, lower rent prices on the bottom and then um, some offices and stuff on the second floor, some healthcare things, um, and then uh, elderly housing on the top. Um, and it's gonna be right up against the street. It's gonna repeat some of kind of like the historic look of the neighborhood. And then the little plot that we've been working on as our city repair site, they're working with us to make that a public space or to continue to have that as a public space, but with a little more dollars behind it. And some effort um, across the little side street from that mm -hmm. is a big old brick building it's probably one of the oldest buildings in Akron um, we call it Sage Rock there's a guy named Sage Lewis that owns it they've got a bunch of different businesses out of it but behind it is the city's first kind of tent city that's trying to create tiny homes okay. and they are going through a whole battling process with the um, city right now around that but we're working with them directly to try and help them create the designs of their tiny homes because we have direct connection to blueprints and different things like that that are um, available through Portland that the Portland city officials have approved of and da 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 da, da. So to give them some precedence and some best to or how to best of practices. Yeah. And then um, also 
there is um, they want to create like a community garden but all this whole village area is on a hill so I'm gonna help them figure out like their water catchment issues and different things like that and um, figure out their community garden as well as just like a communal like eating area and a couple of different things like that so that's kind of what city repair is going to be working on for the next year to two years while eandice is working on that plot across the street mm -hmm. um so and then we have hopes of how do we connect that how do we connect that to some public space that's going to be across the street because of, across market street because of the cso project um and then there's some hopes for a whole um, for like a, a food truck pod slash like makers park that would go what would be kind of over here or actually this is where the bike thing is so it would be over here kind of in this lot mm -hmm. um, there's some hopes for that to happen right now there's a little bit of a battle around whether the local neighborhood person that had that idea will actually be able to be one of the people that can help make that come true or if a developer is going to come in and do whatever he wants. Okay. Um, to be totally honest because I feel like being really honest and crystal clear and not sugarcoating these things is really important especially in trying to find resources around how community involvement affects development. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, because a lot of people are going to want to sugarcoat what they're going to say to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because, the, but that's the kind of idea that I'm trying to get from different perspectives. And I'm a very yeah. non-sugarcoated kind of person. I'm a but little spicy, good. but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I get things done. Um, but, yeah, so there's a couple of those different things going on. Uh, we would love to... Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback around green space that we're trying to do some work with. Um, longer term that I don't want to speak too closely to um, because it's still very all up in the air and we don't want that kind of swept up from under us um, but there's like some some community green space projects and things that are on the horizon that we're looking at that we're getting direct neighborhood input as well as um, we've been developing leaders um, that kind of live back in this pocket here to be able to come and sit at the table and say yeah. this is what we want right um which is the ultimate goal i mean that's no matter what we can build a little community message board and that's not nearly as important as having the leader at the table talking to the cdc saying yeah, this is what we want yeah that's a different yeah a different thing. yeah well I think those were all the questions that I had. Well, I really appreciate that you're doing this work because I, I um, in the work that I do, like it's incredibly critical to have community input in development that's happening, um, so that we don't just push people out, mm -hmm. um, and that people actually get reinvested in, um, and we can kind of fight gentrification through that. So I look forward to, to reading yeah, I will. what you come.